0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. But we thank and praise God for you being here on today. In Luke chapter number 10, I'm going to read verses 30 down through verse number 35. The actual text goes up to 25, but to expedite time, I'm going to start at verse number 30. If you have it, say, I have it. You can follow along with me because I may be reading from a different translation that you have this morning. Verse 30, and Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and he saw him and he passed on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, and he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and saw him and had compassion on him. And he went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And set him on his own beast and brought him to the end and took care of him. Can you say Matt? Yes. Verse thirty, if you notice the phrase, he says, stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. In verse 34, talking about the Samaritan, he went to him, bound his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to the end, and took care of him. This morning, I would like for you to think upon the subject, how to help hurting people around you. How to help hurting people around you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to come. We ask you now to let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 How to help hurting people around you. Hurting people are all around us each and every day. It is evident that our world is going through some very, very trying times. Not only our world, but our community, our local community have been devastated by seemingly violence that is breaking out in various places in our young people are getting caught up in violence and we see the drug addictions uh, uh, the fallout of a lot of things that are going on just right in our own community and we find out that even though these are some trying times it has affected all of us in some kind of way people are hurting not only as we see things are going on in the community but People are hurting financially, they they are hurting emotionally, they're they're hurting spiritually. And uh, when people hurt, we have to be able to feel what they're feeling or being able to identify what they're going through. See, we got to understand that even though people are hurting, it it doesn't matter what uh, financial background you're in, it doesn't matter what Your zip code is. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, young, old. Job said, man that is born of a few days is already full of trouble. In in other words, trouble and hurting does not relegate itself to a certain class or a certain people or a certain race. All of us are dealing with trouble. Does anybody know anybody that is hurting, that is in trouble today? Now, we can either respond by being indifferent, as we can see, and apathetic, or we can look at the situation and say we can do something about it. Oftentimes, we're apathetic and indifferent because it hasn't hit our house yet. Right, man. Right. Hey, hey, we, 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 we're indifferent because it hasn't happened to our children yet. But the point of it is just wait. Yes. wait. Tell your neighbor, just wait. If you live long enough, Because all of our families are dysfunctional. That comes from Adam. And because all of our families are dysfunctional, all of our families will hurt at some time, and they will hurt us at some time, and therefore we gotta learn that just because it didn't happen to me today, I better not put my nose up in the air because trouble's right around the corner. I ran across an article a number of years ago written by, well, he didn't write it, but he, I got it from him. His name was Tim Hanson and it says, I was hungry and you formed a humanity club to discuss my hunger. Thank you. I was in prison and you crept off quietly to your chapel to pray for my release. Nice. I was naked and in your mind you debated my morality of my appearance. What good did it do? I was sick and you knelt and thanked God for your help. but I needed you. I was homeless and you preached to me about the shelter of God's love. I wish you would have taken me home. I was lonely and you left me alone to pray for me. Why didn't you stay? You seem so holy, you seem so close to God, but I'm still very hungry, lonely, cold, and I'm still hurting doesn't really matter the bottom line is because people hurting people matter to God as God's church hurting people ought to matter to us uh, somebody ought to give God a praise on that one. he said I didn't come for you folk who already been healed I come for the folk that are sick I, I, I come to die for those who need some help and so, therefore, hurting people matter to God, and therefore hurting people in our community, in our families, in our society, they ought to uh, hurt us because they are hurting, and we got to ask ourselves what can we do to get ourselves engaged with people all around us? Now, when we look at the structure of the parable of the Good Samaritan, it is defined by two questions: first of all, he asks the question. What must I do to receive eternal life? That is found in verses 25 through verse 28. We did not read those in your hearing. But the New King James Version says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Because Jesus was a great teacher, they wanted to try him. And they said, what do we have to do to inherit eternal life? First of all, that's a... Uh, Matiora, how can you inherit eternal life? Eternal life is not something that you can work for, it's something that is given to you by relationship with Jesus Christ, first of all. But he says, How do I inherit? And this lawyer, and the lawyer in their sense, was not somebody that was like a late Johnny Cochran. It wasn't somebody who was a social lawyer, but it was somebody who knew the law, the old testament. They were very versed in scripture. And this lawyer said, you gotta love the Lord, your God with all your soul, mind, body. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus responded back to him, said, and you answered very well, or your answer is right. You're right on point with your answer. The Bible lets us to know this man, no doubt thought that I could track Jesus. And he asked a question, he says, yeah, but who is my neighbor? This man asked a question trying to trap Jesus and, and tried to stretch it. And he was saying, well, in, in other words, we were saying, who do I have to love? Who do I have to allow into our church? Who do I have to allow into my social spirit? See, just by the fact that this man was saying, who is my neighbor? He was limiting some people. He was marginalizing some people. If he was really that concerned, he should not have asked, who is my neighbor? He should have said, who can I be a neighbor to? This week, this month, this year, don't ask ourselves the question, who do I just got to be friends with? Who do I just God, I talk to. Who do I just gotta let them pass my way. But who can I put myself out of the way? Who can I be a friend to? Who can I be an encouragement to? Who can I help along the way? Because as God helps me, I want to turn that thing around and be able to help somebody else. I believe that's what our Sunday school lesson was about today. (laughs) That as God comforts me, he comforts me that I can comfort and help somebody else. Can I get a witness in the house? So who can I be a neighbor to? Expand our thought, expand the paradigm of our thinking. Now, in this particular parable, there's four types of people that are mentioned. First of all, we have the victim, we have the abuser, we have the indifferent, and then we have the passionate. Now when we are compassionate. And first of all we see the victim the bible said a certain man went from Jericho uh, went from Jerusalem down to Jericho see Jerusalem is about 2500 feet above sea level and Jericho is about 800 feet so he had to go downhill to a place and they said it was a bloody path because it was like a ravine and thieves and robbers would hide there waiting to get somebody see the truth of it is that This particular victim, he put himself in this situation and how many times do we put ourselves in situations, somebody said, well, he should have went with somebody, if he knew that there were thieves and robbers down that road, he should have done something better. But how many of us have put ourselves in situations that we knew better? Oh, that's be real. How many of us put ourselves in situations that we was hesitant and we should have been more cautious, but still something happened and God still protected us in the midst of our messed up situation. Again, it was called the bloody way because of things that would happen. and And, and, and because this man went this way, that there's a lot of people that are hurting today. There's mothers that have children and there's grandmothers that are raising children they wouldn't expect to raise. There's all kinds of problems that people are hurting today in our society and parents worrying about their children who are not saved. that some of them are saved, and They walked away from God and that's weighing on our hearts. That hurt is just bothering us. But I'm telling you about a God that we can cast all of our cares upon. And his name is Jesus. Then there was the abuser the bible said he fell among thieves or he fell among bandits see the bandits or the people that abused him they exploited him they took what he had they took what he worked for they took his things and they took it for himself now y'all stop me before i go too far there are certain elements of our society there's certain elements of our government They want to come in and take and exploit people. Now I told you to stop me if I go too far. They want to exploit us. We done paid in social security all our lives. And they want to call it an entitlement. It's not no entitlement. I paid into it. And now you're trying to find a new way to tax me because you don't know how to budget your budget. Because you don't know how to tighten up the purse strings. Because you got your own little pet project. Now you are exploiting people for your own good. Y'all ain't stopped me yet. They exploited it. And they they had a mindset. What is yours is mine. Well, what what you work for, I can take it. Well, what what you put years in, I can do away with it. And that's the mindset that is being uh, predicated or being uh, demonstrated across our nation today. People are exploiting people, and they're exploiting poor people. And God says, when you exploit. Poor people, God says, I take notice. They robbed him, they left him naked, they beat him, they left him from half dead on the roadside. But then there came the indifferent. The Bible says there came a priest by him, and the Levites came by, and they saw this man, and I'm sure some of the things that made a may have came in their minds, well, first of all, I'm too important to stop. Have people ever thought that they were too important to see the hurts of other people? Thinking they're too important to lower themselves to get involved in somebody else's life. Thinking them too important to to condescend myself down. No doubt this man... These men that walked by, they could have been thinking, let somebody else do it. They could have been thinking, I'm going to church. I'm too busy. That's what some of you religious folk. I- I'm going to prayer meeting. I, I-, I see you and I- I'll say a word for you, but I got to keep on going. No doubt this man might have been thinking I'm wearing my temple garment, I got my suit on, I can't afford to get my suit dirty, trying to mess with you down there beating up and might get some blood on me and I I just don't want to deal with you right now. But then the Bible said there came somebody who had compassion and this is the jest of the good Samaritan because this man saw the need of the man and the Bible said he came to where he was. How do we help people? First of all, we got to be willing to go to where they are. We keep on talking about that. Build up our church. That build the church. We can't build the church until we learn to go to where they are. The Bible don't tell them to come to church. He tells us to go out and compel them to come in the God's house. We got this thing twisted. We got this thing backwards. We've got to go out to where they are. We've got to meet them where they're struggling. We got to meet them on their corner. We got to meet them in their addiction. We gotta be able to meet them to where they are. He, he came to where he was. In other words, he was willing to step out of his comfort zone. And if we're going to touch people, we got to be willing to talk to folk who don't look like us, don't dress like us, don't smell like us, don't use Christian terms like us. But that's what it's all about. He came to where he was. He had to be willing to step out of his comfort zone. We must be willing to go where they are. And in this case... Where he was was geographical. He was at a certain place in Jericho. But we've got to be willing to go to people where they are emotional. Their heart might be broken with grief. We've got to be willing to go. They might be dealing with something financially. We've got to be willing to get involved. They might be dealing with a spiritual issue where they feel like God has forsaken them and feel like their prayers are not being answered and the devil has told them you have committed the unpardonable sin but we can be there and tell them just by the fact you got a conscience and just by the fact that you feel condemned let you know God is still dealing with you. I love it because the Bible said he came to where he was and that paints even a greater picture of our God. The Bible says. When we were yet without strength. In due time. Christ died for the ungodly. In other words. Christ did not wait. Till we can come to him. Because we wouldn't even be in church today. We wouldn't be in Christ today. But he came to us. When we couldn't go to him. We need to go to them. When they can't come to us. He <laughs> He came to them. He he went to them. In in other words, the the business of the church is not to stay in these four walls. Don't let me hurt your feelings. The business of the church is not to say, how many we got here on Sunday morning? The business of the church is saying, how many do we have on Sunday morning that we can mobilize to go out into the workplace on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? That's the business of the church. we got to mobilize an army to go out there and fight the devil in the darkness that's trying to take over our world. Notice how do we help people? Not only did he go where he was, but he said, "And he saw him." Tell your neighbor, "And he, he, he saw him." He 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 saw him. He 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 saw him. He didn't see past him. Or y'all get it in a minute? Sometimes we see people but we don't see. We see them physically but our minds are not engaged. He did not see past he did not see whether he was a D or an R or a P or an I. That's the political part. He saw a man that was hurting and that is why he responded. Not based off of color. Not based off political party. Not based off of whether you are my clique. If you are hurting, then there's a need there. Society have done a good job in dividing us. Racially, politically, young, old, and we're so divided among ourselves, but we as God's people, as the body of Christ, cannot allow that spirit to come in the church. We got to look past all of that because one day, Jesus, he looked past all of our faults. Last time I looked, he just didn't die for the Democrats how' look he didn't just die for the republic yes, yes. he just didn't die for the progressives or the independent yes. he didn't die just for the, just for the folks who agree with us he died for god so of the world yes. he, he saw her yes. and so many times when people come we see a number yeah. or we can get them in our check yeah. we see a tie wonder yeah. how much they can contribute we see a zip code they live on that side of town. They're more astute. We can put them in front of our church, and people think we got dignitaries in our church. But we've got to see people as Christ sees. Matthew nine twenty six said, and when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. When you see people. If it don't move you, we need to come back to the altar. If we can see the things that are happening in our community in the last several weeks, in the last several months, if it don't move us to prayer, if it don't move us to getting involved, if it don't move us in calling out God's name and holding up these families in grief, I don't know what it's going to take to get us to a place where we can touch people who are hurting. He saw him, I love that he saw him as a person. And if we're going to help people, we got to see them as a person. You might not like them, but God still loves them. When we see them as a person, We'll look past the facade. We'll look past their meanness. we we'll look past their hating spirit and say they've got a soul that is more important than how they feel towards me because Christ came and died for the men's soul and therefore is worthy of my respect. How do we help hurting people? He saw him. We got to see people. Not only that, but the Bible said he had compassion. Not only did he see him where he was as a person, but we got to take it to the next step. He has to have, he had compassion. In other words, compassion is love and action. That's right. That's right. See, it's so easy to say, Lord, I I, I, I want to give to foreign missions over in Africa. You know, if, if, if I had a chance, Lord, I'll do. It's so easy to say, I'll give money to some other child over in California. But God said, there's people right next to you. There's neighbors. There's schools right in your community that you'll walk past every day. Don't give me your abstract theology. Put your feet where your mouth is and go out and be a witness for me. He had compassion on it. We've got to have compassion when we see our community going through what they're going through. If we're saying we're the light, if we're saying we have the answer... Then we've got to get outside the four walls and spread the good news that no matter what you're going through, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And he was the answer when we were growing up. But even in the 21st century, he's still the answer. How do we help hurting people? Notice what he did. He served the man according to the man's need. See, now, I understand I'm not being sat religious. I'm just going through the, the text. When the man was beaten up, wounded, the man didn't start speaking in tongues. That ain't what he needed. He didn't even start a prayer meeting. He saw a practical need there's times where people will come and they say, Pastor, so-and-so need uh, a $50 to pay their rent. What about the $50 in your pocket? What about the 20 you got? No, come on, y'all. We want to put it on somebody else. We want to pass the buckles, let somebody else do it. But the Bible says, how dwell the love of God in you if you see your brother in need. He didn't say the brother got God asked you. He said if you see your brother in need and you shut up your bowels of compassion, how dwell the love of God in you? He saw a need. And yes, sometimes that need will be prayer. Sometimes that need will be somebody that will listen. Sometimes that need will be somebody who's got open arms. Sometimes that need will be being able to help financially. But he ministered to the need. Lord, give us a discerning spirit to see the needs that are around us and let our feet get busy fulfilling the call of doing what you called us to do in these last few days. Let's not get distracted by all the bells and the whistles and the frizzles that's going on. But Lord, you've called us for such a time as this. We serve according to the need. See, sometimes the need is, all I need is a mature person that I can tell them, man, I messed up and they won't be taken back by my mess. Anybody ever been there? I thank you. Sometimes you need folk in your life that you can say, I made a raw mess of my life and you don't need them preaching to you. You don't need them throwing quotes and scriptures. We know we messed up. We just need somebody to say, I'm here for you. I got you. We'll get through this together. And if you ever need to call me, call me. I'm hurting. I don't need a sermon. I'm hurting. I don't need a lecture. I know all that. I've heard enough sermons, I've preached enough sermons. But when I'm going through somebody, I need somebody to say, I'm with you, I'm holding on to you, I'm praying with you, I'm calling out your name before God, I'm there with you. That's how we touch it. So when they come in with an addiction, when they come in with a struggle, we realize they got that struggle, we understand they got that, but we can tell them, I'm taking you to Jesus. Yes, yes. Yes, I'll meet your practical need. If you need to call me, I'll hold your hand. If I have to, I'll take you to your appointments. If I need to, whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We've got to minister to people's hurts and not blow them off. Yes. See, what people feel is what they feel. Somebody say, perception is reality, which it is. Puppy love is real to a puppy. In other If somebody say, I'm grieving, don't throw what you're grieving for. It's been a long time. You ain't me, baby. God's got to work that out and through me. Don't dismiss my feelings because it ain't your feelings. If you can't say nothing, just hey, Jeffrey, shut up. come on y'all some of the best counseling you can do is not say a word and just be there you'll be surprised how many people you can help by just sitting there listening not trying to answer their question not trying to solve their problem not trying to fix them Jesus is the only one who can fix them. I said Jesus is the only one that can fix us. You can't fix us. You can't fix it. If you can fix it, I wouldn't need Jesus. You ain't always got to have the answer. Because you don't. You ain't always gotta trivialize what I'm going through. Yes. You ain't always gotta get on somebody else's bandwagon and say I know that's true. I'm saying we need mature people that people can pour their lives into, and they won't get back out in the community. You won't do a selfie on Facebook. You won't tell folks what other folks are going through. If you can keep people's confidence. Some people always got to be the first one to let it out. Until it's their business. Until it's their family. Until it's their stuff. And then they want to cover it up. But when it's your house. They gotta be the one who proclaims. They gotta be the one in the know. They gotta be the one that put it out and posted it all over the place, so they can uh, minimize who you are. Yes. But if we're going to help hurting people, yes. people gotta feel confident that they can tell us whatever they're going through. I'm trying to close. One thing I learned early in my life: there was a situation. That I went to a, a, a minister. And the minister told me. If that ever happened to you again. And it wasn't sin. He said if that ever happened to you again. I'm going to take you out of that program. And in my mind I said. I'll never go to them again. My situation is. If you or my child ever come to me. And say. I'm going through this. Yeah. I will never dismiss him. Yeah. And say. Well don't you ever come to me again. Because I might be the bridge. Y'all don't hear me? I might be the bridge. So even though we've had this conversation before, still come back to me. Or y'all don't hear me? Even though you know I'm going to fuss, still come back to me. Even though you know I'm going to still pray for you, but still come back Leave the door open. Because if the truth be told, if the Lord would mock iniquity, this church would be empty. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about you too. I know some of y'all been saved six years, but if God was to mock iniquity, who would be able to stand? Lastly, how do we help people? The Bible says He set him on his own beast, and the Bible says. Took him to the what we would call the hotel. And he paid the innkeeper enough for a few months in their culture. But he says, when I come back, and if he staying any longer, I'll pay him. To help hurting people, it's going to cost us. Tell your neighbor, it's going to cost you. It ain't going to be easy, what I'm trying to say. It's going to cost us our time. People call. There, there was a time early in my ministry. I told one particular person, and I and I meant it until they start doing it. I, I said, "You can call me anytime, 12 o'clock." He, they wasn't working. I got to work. <laughs> working two jobs. They call me 12 o'clock at night, one o'clock in the morning, and where I want to react, man, you know what time it is. But I knew. That if I cut him off, if I severed a relationship or made him feel like he can't come to me, I might again be the only bridge he has. And you got to realize it's only for a season. Once they get strengthened, they won't call you for stuff like that. Don't kill somebody too soon. Don't cut them off too early because if God would have cut us off in our infancy, we would have never been where we are today. How to help hurting people, not by talking about them, not by putting them down, not by having our nose up in the air, knowing that they had not been. You' go ahead and finish for the Lord's on my side. I know we say, but don't you know? Because in our nature, everything they're doing it's in us. I'll never do that, don't you say that it's in you. And if truth be told, some of us should have been prison locked up. Some of us should have been locked up. They should have thrown away the key a long time ago. Some of us should be in the hope houses. Some of us should be in bankruptcy. Of course, some of us, and some of us have gone through it. But because God has been good, God has sustained us. God has kept us. Not for us to keep our nose up, but for us to bow down and say, Lord, I thank you for being so good to me